My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest is Courtney DeFeo. Courtney is a popular blogger and the author of a book we adore in this house, and the book is called In This House We Will Giggle. She is a graduate of Auburn University with a background in marketing and public relations. In 2011, she started a company called Little Light of Mine, and you can find her two products, ABC scripture cards and conversation cups in stores all over the country. Courtney and her husband, Ron, are the parents of two adorable young girls, Ella and Larson, and we are so excited that she's here with us. Courtney, welcome to Heroes for Her. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you today. We are excited too. So for our listeners that don't know you, would you just tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, and what you're doing now for ministry? Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, I have a great husband, Ron, and he is really the smartest one in the family. I think he's the best kept secret. Um, But he is the reason we move around a bunch. So we've lived in Georgia. That's kind of my home state where I grew up. Then we moved to Florida, and now we're in Texas. And I'll have a funny story about Texas in a minute for you about your husband, actually. Uh, But let me finish with my family. And then we got two girls, Ella and Larson, and they are eight and 10, third and fifth grade. And they are a lot of fun, like best of friends. We'll play dolls for hours. And then that's straight up cat fight. So (laughs) they're all girl and all normal children. So nothing perfect going on in our house. But for Texas, so we moved here because Ron got recruited with American Airlines. And so I knew a little bit about Texas in the way of like, I saw Jen Hatmaker and Jenny Allen wearing like feather earrings. So I think I knew a little bit about the clothes. And then your husband and I started emailing about Bible Bells. And he was like putting quotes from Friday Night Lights in every email to me. And I was like, not following it. (laughs) That's my favorite thing ever. Like you you have no context. So you're like, what are all these weird, like Riggins forever and all these funny quotes about Tammy and and everyone's like clueless. It's so funny. So then he's like, what is your problem? Like, I don't even understand. He can't even (laughs) compute. Like why? I don't know. And so, and now I feel like he owes me about two weeks of my life back because I just binge watched every single episode of Friday Night Lights. Every season, every episode could not get out of the bed. Like, I love it. So now I'm, I'm sold. I'm like Riggins forever. I have a unhealthy crush on Riggins and I'm, I love it. I don't know what took me so long to get there. So our dog, our dog's name is Rowdy. And we just, after we started watching that show, it's the same thing, but we started calling him Rowdy Riggins, like just as a last name, like he doesn't even need a last name, but we just love Riggins so much. Same thing. It's so funny. Oh, I love that show. Oh, so fun. How I weird that it. like you're probably reading emails going, I literally could not know less about whatever these references are, but then didn't like, didn't the magic just overtake you? And I love that you laid in your bed because I try to convince him all the time. Like, hey, I know we watched every season of Friday Night Lights, but do you just want to pretend we didn't? We can just start it over. And he's yes, like, he said horrified. He was very, and I told him, I said, okay, I'm starting. And he said, I feel very jealous of what you're about to experience. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was like, you only can watch it for the first time, one time. So I was like, yeah, it's amazing. So I think it's unique that I love that y'all, and I know this isn't a podcast about you, but I love that y'all work together. And I love about 
how passionate he is about your, and we love your books in our house, but I love how passionate he is about you and what you're doing. And it's been such a unique thing for him and I to talk, which I'm sure your listeners are like, that's so weird. She's talking to him, but we're like the same person because I have a marketing background. Him and I joke that we are like literally separated at birth in the way that we think about business and marketing. And so it's been a really fun treat to get to know both of you and how y'all both contribute to Bible Bells. And like I said, my girls are a big fan of your books. Oh, thanks so much, Courtney. We It's so funny that you talk about him like that too, because I we, we always talk about, and we've been talking really recently with lots of different people who've been asking us, you know, what's it like to work with your husband and your wife and you're on this team together and, you know, there's no separation between like our office is in our house and we're, we're constantly like working side by side on business related things things and then family related things. And it's all kind of interwoven into like this messy ball of junk. Um, yeah, but it really is delightful. And the ways that I'm gifted are just like, he's gifted in totally different ways. And I just, I get to watch him thrive in so many different like business scenarios where I'm like, how is this going to happen? And he's just, he's just like you or his background is in marketing and he's so relational and he's such a connector. And it's so neat to watch and to get to work alongside your husband and to watch all of these amazing things that he can do. Whereas sometimes like, you know, you just say goodbye to your husband in the morning and he goes off to work and, or, and you're, you're going off to a different job or you're home with the kids and you don't really get to see that side of your husband sometimes. Yep. 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 Well, I so enjoyed it. So awesome. So you grew up in Georgia, went to Auburn. And then when you graduated from Auburn, you moved back to Atlanta to work for a PR firm. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Cause I know that's where you met your husband. I did. Yeah. So similar to you, that's where I started learning a lot about the guy I was going to marry. We didn't get along at first. We were, you know, working side by side in a PR firm and, and we were both kind of these up and coming go-getters, wanted to be the very competitive, wanted to be the top of the firm. Um, but I really started to get to know him in like cube land. Like I could hear the way he talked to his mom. I could hear the way he was with clients and he was really funny and I just love funny people. And so then we started working on accounts together and it's not that I would recommend an inner office relationship. But we, he was just really my buddy. And we would go to lunch together and go to these different NASCAR events. And, and so there was nothing inappropriate going on other than we just hung out a ton. And I really started just being like, I don't really want to not be with him. Like, I just wanted to be around him all the time. And so it wasn't, um, you know, we sort of talked about dating, but he didn't want to jeopardize our jobs at all. And so he didn't ask me out until he was sure that he wanted a very serious relationship with me, which I totally respected. I was ready to like go all in. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's date. And so we started dating, um, about a year and a half into working together. And then, um, so after about three years of working at the agency together, he went back to get his MBA and then I went on to work at Chick-fil-A corporate and we ended up getting married and having kids and all that stuff. But I do think one of the unique things about Ron and I is that we do both come from the same background. He stayed in the marketing or PR track and has continued to kind of climb the ladder and be a spokesperson in PR for different corporations. But we have an, a genuine interest in that field and it's become, it's been really fun. So, you know, at a Super Bowl Sunday, or let's say we're both talking about the ads. And so that's something professionally we have a lot in common. Um, but it's been a really neat, neat experience for us. So, you know, we don't work together now, but we can understand. I can understand what he's working on when he comes home and talks about it. That's so neat. So he and he, as he moved sort of off and started to do different things and his master's degree and just working for different corporations. So you leave the firm and you go to work for Chick-fil-A. And mm-hmm. you worked there for about six years, if my memory serves. Yeah. What was the transition like from going from, you know, a firm in Atlanta to working for, I mean, it sounds like a dream job just because I personally love chicken sandwiches, like on a level I can't even explain to you. Yeah. And 
I mean, I, I think of, I mean, the dream of going to work for Chick-fil-A. I just love the idea of that. And I'm not, I don't even have a background in marketing or PR. So will you talk about, was it a dream job for you the way I envision it being? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I don't want to, it was, and I, and I hate to say that, but it was, here's the reason why it's an amazing company. It's all the things that you hear as far as, um, you know, they're just kind like when you go in the store, you notice a difference. There is a different feeling when you go in that store because there is a, a different kind of people that are there. They're just kind. They're over the top leaders. They're the family that runs Chick-fil-A is amazing. Um, and so I think that when you get there, you have that feeling. And so I interviewed there for about six months. It's like getting into the CIA because it's very, very competitive to get in there. So once you're in, you're like, oh my goodness, I've made it into this, this group. And they put a real big spin on just people development. And so once I got in there and saw the way that they were investing in me and my strengths and really tapping into that, I felt, I just felt really poured into from a professional standpoint, but I also felt really poured into from a spiritual standpoint. So you don't have to be a Christian to work there, but it's certainly a fantastic environment if you are. And so like we would go to, let's say Catalyst Leadership Conference, you know, at Bill Hybels, Willow Creek Church, you know, as chicken people, salesmen, we would go to a church leadership conference to learn how to lead better. So it was very much this countercultural way to learn how to lead and be a servant. So where other places in corporate environments, you might be get to the top by stepping on other people's toes and look out for your back and, you know, save yourself there. It's like this incredible team environment where people are working together and you're literally trying to put yourself last and learn how to serve your team. Um, and it's, so it was a great time to be a newlywed, to be thinking about a family and watching these men and women go home at five o'clock and watching people like pray for each other and get, show up at funerals and show up for each other and just watch like, I'm like, Oh my goodness. And that's not, it's really unique in the business world to say like there's a company that can function at this level and be full of integrity. And they're not perfect, but they're pretty close. (laughs) No, I I love that you bring that up too, because obviously, and most of the listeners to this show are parents and mentors of girls that just want to show them, you know, there's this other way that God designed us to work and to thrive and to be, you know, members of, of, of our communities and what you're describing like does make sense, but not like culture would say, no, you've got to grind, you've got to work, you know, 60 hours a week. You've got to sacrifice all these other things to get yourself to the top. Whereas like what you experienced was more about making family a priority and, and, you know, developing yourself spiritually and being a part of that community team. And it thrived and it grew and it, and it became successful and it continued to, to expand. So a lot of favor came to it, even though the world would say that's not how it works. And I think where where I know you're going to go next, and I'll just go ahead and tell you is where I the where I decided to leave and have children and stay home with my children. What I saw that company is filled with women that are full time working moms. There, one of my mentors was a single lady that she was so on board with me either way that I felt so supported and never judged. It was like if you want to. And my boss was like, you're about to get the biggest promotion ever. If you want to leave and stay home with your kids, we can think of nothing better that you went on to do with your life. But if you want to stay here, we love it. Like they, they were so for me and for what I would have decided. And I still stayed on the last 10 years. I've been a consultant for them and been able to, you know, dive in and out of their business and be able to stay apart. There's like, once you're in their family, you're a part of them. So I think as I think about my girls, I'm like, I want them to be involved in a company that sees how they're built, where they're, it's almost like. You know, I never 
you don't want someone that's like, oh, you're so well-rounded. Let's develop you in accounting and marketing. And you just have to be a little bit good at everything. No, they were like, Courtney, we see that you are innovative and you're creative and you have a ton of ideas. And we're going to just like pour into that piece of you and let you exercise that muscle in a bunch of different ways. And so that's where I would hope my girls would land in a place that, um, and then when my mother-in-law went through cancer, they were like, yeah, go spend Wednesdays with her, work from home. And so it was a really unique experience. I'm incredibly grateful for it. And now looking back, when I look like I gave up so much to be a stay-at-home mom, I see that God like used those entire six years to train me and develop me for the company that I now own myself. Because I, I, I basically do anything that they did. <laughs> I was like, what, did, what would Chick-fil-A do? This is how I run my business based on what they taught me. So no, it was worth it. It's so good. And I, I mean, even as you're listening, like so many, so many girls are just taught, you know, you got to be all things to all people and you got to develop all of these things, be good at everything. And, and what you're saying about really honing in on the ways that you're strong, the way, the way that God designed you to be, and, and the fact that you innovate and create and you have all these ideas, you, you were able to tr- transition home well and be with your kids for a season, grow them up, but then still do the work that God laid out for you to do. And that's, mm. you know, it, it's, it can be different for everybody, but I know, I know there are stay at home moms out there who are just like, oh, I'm home and I'm not really serving any purpose out in the world, which could be like, I mean, could not be further from the truth. Right. Yeah. I think I, I struggle with it. I, I speak to moms every week that struggle with that. And the answer that I give to moms in that season is like, first of all, I can't make that decision for you because they kind of want me to give them an answer. Like, what should I do? Should I work part time, full time? You know, and they all feel that kind of I'm just a mom or am I doing enough for the kingdom? Am I doing enough for my kids? And I think we all struggle with those. And so my two answers are it's personal and it's seasonal. And that kind of decision is such a personal thing from the Lord. I can never tell somebody whether they should work or what they should work on or whether they should start a business because it has got to come from the Lord. And I know that sounds like an easy way out, but don't start a business because you're feeling unfulfilled in the motherhood role or don't start a business because it looks fun on Pinterest because you know, and I know it is so costly. (laughs) It is so stressful and it's a hundred times more work and more expensive than you ever would imagine. When you see everybody's cute websites and their headshots, you're like, Oh, they're making it look so easy. And I'm like, I am grinding. You have no idea how hard this is. (laughs) So it's like, imagine, um, it's like, you know, when someone's like, Oh, I loved making this necklace and four people liked it. Well, once you've made 150 of those necklaces, you might not like, making them so much anymore. So before you start something, realize the cost that it's going to have on your family and realize like they're only little for just a short season and you will never regret spending those years at home. So I am a huge fan of um, women that stay at home. I'm a huge fan of women that work, but it's such a personal decision. The next thing is, is that it's seasonal and I have changed up the way that I've done working and the hours and the way that I've done my business probably every six months because we have moved and my husband's job's been different and my girl's needs have been different every six months. And I have to um, ask from the Lord what he's asking of me and also look at the needs of my girls. And they'll typically say like, mom, please stop traveling. Like mom, I mean, they're old enough to say, and I don't go with exactly what they're saying, but I have to be in tune with I mean, they're seriously, it goes, they, in a blink, they are 10 and eight and in only 10 more years, they're gone. So I can write 15 more books in 10 years. I can, you know, I have time to do all the stuff I love later. And, and we do have, I will say, I want to be really sensitive to the moms that may be listening that need to provide an income during these years, because I do have that. And I want to say amazing luxury, amazing privilege that Ron does provide for our family. So I have a little bit different skew coming at it that I do have that option. Like I can work when I want to, but I don't have that um, pressure on me to provide a certain income on my side. 
Um, so I think that is a challenge when I do hear from women, they're like, but I do need to provide a certain amount. That's a whole different ballgame. Um, and that's a whole different pressure. Totally. But I would say every six months or so, just reevaluate your season, reevaluate where, but no one's going to have the perfect formula. If there was one, we'd all be doing it. We would all, everybody would be selling Rodan and Fields. Everybody would be, be doing the oils. Everybody would be working at the same corporation if there was a perfect scenario for moms. And there's just not one. Well, and I like too that it's just, I mean, nothing is so permanent that it, it has to be forever, you know? And you just, if you try something for a season, or if it, if it makes sense that God's calling you to try something out, you could just try it out. And then if yeah. it doesn't work out, like that's the beauty of it. I think people get so bogged down with like, okay, I'm trying this and I'm going to be all in. And I've got to just do this. Yeah. And you, you don't have to. Um, it's so funny to, to hear you two talk about the transitions and how there, there have been so many seasons. And, you know, the time working for the BR company was a season and then going to Chick-fil-A and then staying home to raise some kids. And so, so you're at home and you're, you know, you're, you're doing the mom thing at home. When did Little Light of Mine get, you know, when did that little tug come to your heart? How did you, what was mm-hmm. that early season like? Okay, I've got these ideas. Like now what do I do with them? Well, I was, they were about, it all was very fuzzy and foggy. So I'll try to get <laughs> loosely the timeline involved. But 2011 is when I launched. And so they were two and five, two and four, something like that. But for around two years and that somewhere in that window, I was going to church in Atlanta. We get, went to North Point, Andy Stanley's um, Buckhead campus. And Andy Stanley was getting up. And my good friend, Jeff Henderson was our, our campus pastor there. And every Sunday they would say something about, and that song would come on like almost every week, take my life, all of me, let it be, you know? And it was like, I just wanted to uh, like basically just give my hands open to God and say, I know that you've created me very uniquely. I know that I have almost like this horsepower under a car. Like I know that uh, you gave me this brain. Sometimes it feels really weird and it won't turn off and it's, and it's creative and it's unique and it literally is spinning. And I can do an amazing birthday party for my girls, like over the top. I can keep doing that. And I'm not bored. I mean, my days were like filled with two little girls and just keeping them alive and fed and all that. So I wasn't bored at all. I was just feeling like, Lord, is this what you want? Because if this is what you want, I'll keep doing it. You know, I felt exhausted, but I was like, I just feel like you're, you're wanting me to do something for you and for your glory. So I kept just kind of offering up to him, like my time, my money, our finances. What do you want me to do with this? And so I felt like, so there was first that offering. And then when that desire compounded with a need that I saw in my own children and my own parenting, that's when my passion just like exploded. Because it wasn't like I wanted, I had creative energy and then it compounded with um, like a shoe deodorizer. I don't know if I would have gotten that excited about it. It's like, because I could go on Shark Tank. I'm a creative girl. I'm like your husband. I could be like, you know, have a product a day that I think of. And my husband's like, can you go to bed? Like enough with the inventions. You know what I mean? But when yeah, I do know is, what you mean. <laughs> it's like it's like okay, that's a great idea. Go to sleep. Um, so when that idea like merged, it was like some some. It's almost like we have two circles and they intersect, and there's that sweet spot in the middle. It's like that's when I feel like God got my attention. He's like, now we're talking. Now we've got something that I'm interested in. Now we've got something that is it's passionate because it's your children. It's it's during these years they're growing up, and so the passion point was. Lord, I want my kids, I didn't want them growing up in a Christian home and knowing all the right things to say and do, but I felt like there was this need for them to like know Jesus in a real way. And I was looking around at the stores and I saw kind of like a hole in the marketplace. I was seeing like Hobby Lobby and Lifeway and Family Life with like kind of the 1980s precious moments like decor. And I was like, what is going on? Like, why is there nothing relevant for me to have in my home and help me teach my kids about Jesus in a very real 
cool. I was like, we're, I want Pottery Barn and Ikea to like mix with the Christian world. It just wasn't. And that sounds so superficial, but I was like, I wanted it to be relevant. And like now it's very is. So scan back just even to 2011, there really wasn't, I mean, even Hobby Lobby now is like covered in cuteness. It's like Pinterest exploded in there. But in 2011, there wasn't anything. It was like, this is just not cute. So I was, I was wanting um, scripture to you know, so I came up with ABC scripture cards first. I was like, I wasn't the first person to think about scripture to the alphabet. Like homeschool moms and teachers for centuries have been saying, let's memorize verses to every letter of the alphabet. But I wanted something that would stay out. And again, look cute on my counter so that when someone came over, say you were coming to visit my house, I wouldn't throw it in my closet because I was embarrassed. It would be sitting out like with a cute candle. You know, how we do things in threes, like a candle, a little card on a little tray, like in our kitchen. And so that was the first product that I was like, if these were out and I had short and sweet verses, when Ella hits Larson with the Barbie doll and I don't say, don't do that because mom says so, I could say, don't do that because B is be kind and compassionate for one another. And I didn't have those verses top of mind. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, I was like, hold, I didn't have time to say, hold on, let me go grab my Bible and flip through and find the verse I need for right now. Um, so that kind of was the start when I was like, all right, Lord, I think I can do this. Based on my marketing background, I can come up with a couple products and I can start blogging about this stuff. And it was a scary feeling. I know I'm going all over the place. I'm sorry. But I think it was a scary feeling when I realized like, oh my gosh, Lord, you've trained me. Like I did marketing for a national company. I think I can launch a product all by myself and get it to a place that moms could really use this. They're just like me. They're home and they need something. So Little Light of Mine was born in 2011. I launched with two products and a blog and the rest is history after that. So I love it. So what would you say to somebody who has an idea, but like you, even in your head, you were like, okay, I have all this marketing experience. I have this background. I feel like I'm equipped, but you're still doubting yourself. Like, what would you say to that person who's like, I think I can do it, but I'm just not sure. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we... You know, I think we laugh at ourselves and we take ourselves, we don't take ourselves that seriously. Like, I think you have to do the work like a a real entrepreneur, a real small business person would do. Like, even go rent it from the library and look at what a business plan is and start typing through the ideas. Like, definitely throw it by your friend and say, would you buy this? But they're your friends. They're going to be like, yes, I would totally buy that on Etsy. I buy five of those because I love you, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's so cute. But if you want, you know, there's a difference. And Etsy's a great way to start trying something. You know, that's a great, easy way to put up something, put a few out there and see if you sell five or six. But if you're wanting to sell like thousands of something and you want investors or you want, um, you know, we're talking serious money is going to start coming into this thing. And I'm not talking that I did that from a financial standpoint. I'm just saying it costs a lot of money to say, hey, I'm going to print a thousand ABC scripture cards because that's about how many I had to print to get the cost down that would even make it doable to sell. Totally and so it. I had to, I, you know, it's a difference between making like eight bracelets and saying, oh, I could sell eight between investing in a product. I mean, there's just a different scale there. So I think if you're going to be willing to do something that big of scale, you need to do a business plan and get it out on paper and say, what is it actually going to cost me? to develop this? What is it going to cost me? And so you need to get the facts on paper to see if it makes sense. You need to say, you know, how much will this cost me to design this? Because even though I had the look entirely in my head, I had to hire a graphic designer to set up all the design of it. Um, And so I kind of went on my gut a lot of times when I should have pulled back. And so I would suggest that people do a business plan. They run it by a couple people that aren't like their mom or their best friend. Um, (laughs) Run it by a few people that are as close to them and will tell them the truth about what they think. 
Um, you could even do a simple focus group. Give them a gift card. You don't have to pay them much. Just say, hey, can I get 10 moms in the room if that's your audience and say, what do you think about this? Um, and then you can do a test. I think a test is what we would have done in Chick-fil-A and just say, hey, we're going to test 100 of these. And, and you know all this. Y'all have tested stuff with Bible Bells. And um, you'll get some valuable feedback just throwing stuff out to the market. But also do your due diligence on what is already out there. Because I get so frustrated when people like basically copy exactly what someone else is doing and just barely change it. I'm like, that's so rude. And it's also illegal to copy people. Yeah. Not sure if you knew that. (laughs) I had so many people copy me and they acted like it was no big deal. I'm like, that's kind of illegal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Art and rename it. So I would say, look on Pinterest, look on Etsy, look on Google, if there's anything else out there like yours. And, um, and obviously pray about it. I don't want to be too, over spiritual about it. But if God is wanting you to do something, he will find a way to get through the barriers of of things that you don't know how to do. If you're like, well, I'm not a marketing person. Well, he'll find you a marketing person. If you're not a writer, he'll find you a writer. If he's asked you to get something out there, he will find a way to make it happen. Oh, that's so. so true. I'm just thinking back. I mean, we started this five years ago and it's the same thing that you're describing. We were like, God gave us this idea and we were like, how God? And we just had to take steps. And the beginning was just, you know, reading and calling people. And we, I remember being in our church bookstore and just going, I like that book. Let's email the author. And, mm-hmm. and people, like, I tell people that story and they're like, you emailed the author. I'm like, yeah, I had questions for her. And she's actually a dear friend of ours now. Yeah, and it, but you have totally. to find these people who are like, I've done it before. I can speak into this idea that you have when it's just an idea. And then you just take little steps along the way to create the business plan, like figure out, you know, how you're going to step forward having no experience. But yeah. yeah, God, God sees it through though, too. And he affirms you along the way. At least that, that's what thing, I hear you saying. Like, Yeah, absolutely. And I would really spend a lot of time thinking about the value. What is the value that your product's going to bring to the customer? And I think that you guys have done this really, really well. So when you go to Bible Bells and you just clip through really quick on, you guys have done a great job of describing what the mission statement is and what the purpose of that overall brand is. And so I think that's really important. So you might just have an idea, but further make it to say, okay, maybe this was just a catalog idea or a book idea, but what is the overall purpose? Who is your customer? Like if it's a young girl, like tell me more about her. What do you hope to do in the series of her life? Like what value do you want to provide to her? So for let's take ABC scripture cards. So those aren't just a product that you want someone to just check it off the list and be a good Christian kid and memorize scripture. And so that the mom feels good and the kids like, Hey, I'm a good Christian kid. I can recite all these verses. It's like, no, These are for someone to like get them deep in their heart. These are supposed to design and decorate and train up a child so that when they're scared at night and they're like, mom, I don't know what to do. You have something to offer them this deeper than superficial words. It's like, hey, what's H, babe? Okay, it's he cares for you. Um, It's also to minister to the mom. And she's like, I don't even know what to say to my kid who's bawling and has been bullied on the playground today. And you're like, okay, then she has something. And you're like, God, what do I say? Okay, keep her tongue from evil. And then you say, I don't, I'm so sorry that that girl hurt you today. But in our family, we are not going to say anything back. So it's keep her tongue from evil. So my desire was to really think like, how much value could I pack in one box? And even in the way that I described it to the family, the way that I like, even there's an easel to hold all 26 of them up. They're five by seven so they could frame them also. There's a magnet so they could put up just one. And so I was like, even though this box is $25, how much value could I pack possibly in there? So not even the way I'm almost teaching the mom how to parent, I'm also putting as many ways that they could display it. Um, so I think there's more thinking into the 
pre-process before you get it out there some people just throw it out to the wind and they're like why is it selling I'm like well did you think about it right you know that kind of thing and really I think have a real big heart for your person I think you and uh, Brent do that really well like y'all have a total heart for girls and where they're journeying with the Lord and um and you've stayed focused on that it's like you can easily get distracted and go well that'd be fun to do that for boys and this and and this for older ladies, it's like, no, y'all are just focused on young girls and that will, that will take you a long way. And I, even as you describe like why ABC scripture cards, I'm thinking too, even like I spent eight years as a teacher and the number one thing parents would ask me of all age kids, I mean, from K to 11th grade, they were always like, I need the words. I need the words to sit down and talk with my child about whatever that thing is that they're going through. And they always ask me for the words. Like a script. Yes. yes. Like they need a script. And it's just funny. Every time I see the ABC scripture cards and like now that we're even talking about it now, I'm just recalling all these conversations where moms and parents just need need the words. They ask for yeah, the yeah. words. I mean, they yeah. ask teachers for the words. They they are looking for a way to to be in this conversation with their children. And I think as women, like we're also relational, and our our strength is to connect and build relationships. So mm-hmm. when when moms come at you, and I'm sure you know too, and for like the speaking that you do, and 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 the work that you do, you know, you know, talking with moms and and just building and encouraging them, it makes sense. Like we're such relational people that when we don't feel like we have the words, we get overwhelmed, we get confused, we get you know we feel like we're unequipped and all of these negative, you know, enemy emotions start coming at us. But that's, I think one reason I love your product so much and just your heart for helping moms is, is it does, it completely fills that need for give me the words. That was a phrase that I just heard so many times as a teacher. Yeah. Well, I think you and I talked about that. We talked about my book and Mm -hmm. I was so grateful. It's always refreshing. I mean, I am not a New York times bestseller, but I really felt God called me to write this book, which is weird to be a mom of little kids, but be called to write a parenting book, which is a little bit humbling but whenever someone gets a hold of it and like enjoys it and it's helpful in any like if they read one chapter and one chapter was helpful I'm like that's a win I'm like that one little word was helpful to a mom I'm like yay um that and then when you read it and you found it helpful and we talked about it I was like that was that was worth it to me to take those hours away and just give people really practical like you said there's scripts in there there's like practical like family fun, there's 12 virtues and there's family fun activities for each of those. And so that was my desire. It was like, I know what it's like to just try to get them in bed and get them fed. But in the meantime, you have such a deep desire to be teaching patience and teaching responsibility and teaching love that I knew I was right. I'm right there in it with you. And I was afraid if I waited too late in the game that I would forget it all. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to write it now while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, I think too, the reason it spoke to me so much I, for a lot of different reasons, because I loved how practical it was. It was like, there's so many good ideas I could literally do today from like putting socks on and running through the, you know, and sliding through, you know, risky business style on your floor yeah. <laughs> or just like dressing like a crocodile or whatever, like all of the different um, practical like tips for how you can giggle in your, in your house. I was like, Oh, I can do these today. Like it would be so easy to do like 20 of these or one every day. But I think for me, like, you know, I, especially in like the early season of motherhood, you know, I struggled so much when she was small, just trying to like figure it out. And then it does get to be so like monotonous. You're doing the same thing every day. And you're, there's so many tasks that you have to complete to like, make sure your kids are alive and healthy and safe and all the things you have to do that, that the humor and the joy is like quick to escape unless you keep it there. And I'll remember this one time, like Rooney, I was cooking something and like something with the dog and just things were going on and we were late for something. And I found myself like bustling around the kitchen doing whatever I was doing. And Rooney was like, Hey mom, are you happy? Oh, and yeah. I was like, 
in my head, like, no, babe, not in this moment. And just totally convicted me as like, like in the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. We can just have joy in these moments and it's okay to laugh and be happy. Yeah. But, but you're still trying to get all this stuff done. So as a mom, like I just found that super encouraging going, gosh, I don't want my daughter to like question whether or not I'm happy in my life because I'm bustling around our house trying to get all the stuff done. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so easy. And I think people now look at me as like, I'm this joyful person all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually the more gr- the grumpier one of our whole family. My husband is the happiest one. And so I have to work at this all the time, but it's just, I call moms. I'm like, we are the chief mood officers, like CMOs by far. Like I, it's so, it's, it's a lot of pressure, but it is true. Like if we just decided like to throw on some music and do a dance party and just like get our little coffee on and the whole, it's like a whole mood changes in the whole house. Like everybody follows our lead. And the same is true if we're grumpy. Like if we're grumpy, everybody follows suit. Like dad's going down, everybody's going down. And so I do feel like that's a lot of pressure, but it's also just a reminder that we have some like crazy power at our fingertips. Like these are the little superpowers. And so sometimes during the day, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be like happy-go-lucky every single day, but sometimes it's like, okay. And sometimes I'm in a bad mood all day and it's just because my jeans didn't fit that morning. I'm like, wait, <laughs> it's like, wait, why am I so mad at five o'clock? Because my jeans were tight. It's like, hold on. They're just, I don't really actually have a reason to be mad. I'm just maybe a little overworked or I didn't give myself enough space to get up this morning or whatever. And so it's not even their fault. And they, they take it as I'm frustrated with them. I'm like, no, it had nothing to do with you. So just reminders. And, um, you know, the big lessons I learned and before writing the book and one of the big inspirations was what I learned with my kids is they just tune out when there's a lecture. Say you want to teach them about generosity and you just said, Hey, really sit down. I'm going to tell you about why generosity is important for our family. And she's going to just glaze over. First of all, she's too small. Second of all, we just use way too many words and too big of words. But if you took her like right now and said, Hey, can you think of a new girl you met at preschool? Is there anyone new at preschool or anyone that's scared or lonely? You're like, let's just go take her a balloon and a treat and say, I'm glad you're in my class. And you just went and did that today. Like, that alone would send way more of a message than anything you could ever say to her today. Like she will remember that, that child will remember that. And so I've just learned those are the things that my kids absorb. Like when I, my actions are showing them what Jesus would want us to do. Like even in the hard stuff, like when I go into them and say, Hey, mom was a total jerk (laughs) this morning. I'm so sorry. I was yelling at everybody. Y'all come around. I just want to ask for forgiveness. Like they'll remember that more than any like Bible lesson on, Hey, we're going to open it up and learn about forgiveness. Like they just tune out that for me, my kids do. So that was really the inspiration behind the book was like, how do I get God's like real love and that he's really a real thing like into their everyday experiences in the midst of the chaos. I love it so much. Have you, so have you been spending like the last several months just going out and sharing that message, um, the messages and themes that are in the book with different moms and different, like as part of conferences, like what have, what have the last few months looked like for you? Yeah, the book came out two years ago and I think it was, it's been such an interesting season because, um, I learned, (laughs) I learned pretty on that marketing Chick-fil-A and marketing book are two different things. And I thought, Oh, this will be a cakewalk. I'll sell a bazillion of these, but no, it's quite challenging to, there's a lot of great books out there. And also to market a book, they want you to travel and speak and, and I love it, but I also love everything that I wrote about, which is being home with my children and teaching them this stuff. And so it's just been an interesting discussion discerning game to try to figure out which ones to say yes to. So yes, 
I do go, but I have to continually figure out how to balance that with my family. So um, for a while, you know, again, two years ago, it was pretty intense with traveling a bunch. But now we've kind of slowed down to like once a month. And I try to do as many locally as I can, like this and podcasts where I can get it done between school hours so that I'm ready to pick them up and take them to gymnastics and dance and all that stuff. Um, but I've got a couple big events coming up. I'm doing one in Nashville, which my good friend, Jeannie Kanyan. Did you just talk to her today? No, she, I, we had to reschedule. She's oh, awesome, okay. by the way, though. She's, yeah, I cannot wait to talk to her. Yeah, she's got a new book coming out, Mom Set Free, and we uh, love everything she writes about. So we're doing one with her and Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Sissy Goff. So we're doing a night in Nashville coming up. And then um, we've got one coming up in Dallas with Crystal Hurst and Kay Wyma. So we're trying to kind of group up and do these nights with just more panel discussions because I think what I'm learning is moms, they want a night out and they want to hear real talk and they want not just an hour long lecture. They want to hear mom's debate, just like we're doing right now, talk back and forth about what do you do and how's it work for you? And so that's what we're doing more of like short talks, but then a panel discussion where we kind of debate back and forth. So well, I think it makes sense, right? You get lectured at and, and even what you described for like Rudy, if I sat her down to like lecture at her and she would just like turn her year volume down. Like, I mean, there's something that happens. Like I can, I can concentrate for an hour lecture, but like, what do I do as a mom? If someone's lecturing at me, I feel filter it through like, well, does this apply to me? Because it's only right. it's only one perspective. So when you right. hear multiple perspectives at the same time and people debating issues and talking about so like motherhood's so complicated and not everybody's situation applies to, to just exactly. me. And sometimes your situation sort of applies to me and you, you need to have that. I and I love that you're gonna be speaking with Sissy Goff. She we had her on the podcast a while back. Uh, She's awesome. She is she, I met her at one of my first conferences, oh, right when I launched her. a lot of mine, we were at um, a dot mom conference and I went up to her like sheepishly, just like you said, you have to just go for it. And so I went up to her after her conference. I said, I loved what you said and went up to David Thomas and I said, here's my new product and just wanted to share it with you. And she was like, this is amazing. What are these? We love these. And they've been on board and supporting me since then. And uh, we've just become dear friends. And that's what I think people need to know is most of these people you think are unattainable. They're humans. They're like real people that if you connect with someone, don't call and ask for something from them. Call and say, or email and say, I really love your stuff. I just wanted to share this with you. And just as from a humble standpoint, you will be surprised how approachable people are. And and just give them grace if they don't respond for a couple months because they might be have a lot of emails or <laughs> things like that. But I know for me, I, when I get a genuine email that's not a form letter and someone's really genuinely asking for my opinion on something or they want to tell me about their business, how will for sure. Take a look. So totally like, I don't, I can't remember getting one email and being like, Oh my gosh, how dare this person email me? Like I'm always, you know, you want to help somebody if they're reaching out, like the people got questions. I just remember being there in that early season of like, how do I do this? And mm-hmm. you, know, you do have to ask questions. I think it's moms too. It's, we, we come at it from a point of like, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. And it's, you know, I can just figure this out on my own. And that's yeah. a hard lesson. Sometimes we learn the hard way. Hey, can I give you one specifically for girls that I've learned a hard lesson lately? And uh, do we have time for a Please a do. Oh, we've story? gone okay. over, but like I'm totally in charge of this podcast, so it's running over. Okay, all right, one more. <laughs> okay, so I have virtue cards that are basically, you know, 25 different virtues. But let me just tell you what I did to Ella. So I was... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I was pulling these virtues. It's like, basically, here are the things you need to work on, children. Here you go, Ella. You can work on self-control and so-and-so. You can work on this one, which is not totally a bad parenting thing because we all need to work on stuff. But it just like totally rocked me the other day that these are actually things I could be encouraging them in. And I think, let's take their homework folder, for example. If they come home and they have, um, you know... 
eight or 10 great grades, I will flip past the hundreds and find the, like the 170 and just zone right in on where they messed up. And so I just started feeling so bad that they're doing really well in like a million things, but I'm just nitpicking and all the things that they're not doing right. And so I brought in the virtue cards to my husband. I said, I want you to go through all these and pick five for each of the girls where you think this is just who they are. This is where God designed them. This is how awesome they are. And I want, let's go out and have like a Golden Globes like presentation out in the den. This is like on a random Tuesday. And so they were like watching their Netflix, like vegging out on the couch. When we went in, I was like, put your phones down. You know, they have a, not a phone, but um, iPad. I said, put it down, put it down. We have a presentation. And um, we went out there and I said, we just want to give a presentation. And um, I said, these are who we think that you are. And we just wanted to award you with these. So I said, Ella, you are loyalty. Larson, you are joyful. And they were like making a huge deal and they had to come up to accept them. But long story short, they totally lit up. One of them put them all over her mirror in her bathroom. The other one put them in her room on her bulletin board. And I just was like, could cry like thinking about it because I'm like, I'm so hard on them when they just need somebody to cheerlead them. Like the world is so nitpicking them already and their their own conscience is eating them alive saying how unworthy they are. And like they need their mom and their dad to come along and say, you are so good. Like God made you so incredible. And I just need to remind you where I see that coming out. And so I just want to share like with other moms, like you got to do that for your girls because they, they need that. They need the affirmation. I love that advice. And for the people that are listening and that are going to do that, I want to challenge you to just do that. Like find some time this week to set aside to just figure out how you can pour that positivity and encouragement over your daughter this week and send us an email at hello at biblebells.com and let us know how it went. I can't wait to hear stories about like the conversations that came out of that or like the way your daughter's lit up because you just took a couple of moments out of your day to just make theirs. I love that, Courtney. Good. So good, good luck. And you don't have to use cards. You can just pick like just pray on it. I say, God, give me three words, maybe just three, maybe five, that when you think of your daughter, this is how you made her. And tell me um, what words I should give her. You can put them on a, with crayon and construction paper. It doesn't have to be fancy. I love it. Courtney, we're going to have to wrap up because we are way over on time, but I don't even care because it's so good. No, it's awesome. Um, at the end of each episode, we do something called the scoop. It's three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. First question, obviously, Heroes for Her is the name of our podcast. We love heroes. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? Oh, man. A Wonder Woman just came to mind. So I'm that looking at her, like- her. I have a coffee cup of Wonder Woman <laughs> sitting just above my head. It, hold, it holds my pens. I love her so much. That movie was oh, awesome, Mary by the way. Did you see that okay, movie? Sorry. All right. It was so good. Uh, question two. What is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? I said it earlier, but my mentor, Regina Williams, said you'll only pass this way once. And in those seasons where you've got like poopy diapers at the pool and you're resenting having little kids and you want to sit on the side, just say you'll only pass this way once. You'll only have this one summer where they're this age, this one fall where they're this age. So you'll only pass this way once. Last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Gosh, I want to say like an email filter. I wish I could just like with my eyeballs, like sort my emails, like scan them and sort them. Like all the spam goes one way, all the action items go one way. I'm sure there's an app for it, but my email is a disaster. Spoken like a like a high efficiently 
productive mom. <laughs> like, how can I do this faster and in the most efficient way? If I just like can scan these with my eyeballs, please. No, amen, sister. Um, Courtney, with all the things that you have coming up and just different products and things that are going on, what is the best way for people who are listening to connect with you and find out more about what you're doing? Instagram is my jam right now. It's where it's the easiest way for me to tell people what's going on. So Instagram or, or my website, CourtneyDeFeo.com. Perfect. Courtney, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at BibleBells.com. Just let